2: to this week's episode of Winged Nation. I'm Ashley Strummy, coming to you from the tower here at Volusia Speedway Park. And joining me is my good friend and co-host, Erin Everham, and she's still in the Concord Studios. Erin, <laughs> thanks for joining me this week while Steve's on a special assignment somewhere. Yeah,
3: absolutely. You know, I'm always willing to talk sprint cars.
2: I just wish you were in Florida with me so we could have cocktails like it was Knoxville all <laughs> over again.
3: Seriously, we need to make that happen. Next episode, (laughs) I'm flying down just for Wing Nation.
2: Right on. So tell me what you've done this off-season, anything good? I know you're still dealing with some horsepower. Uh, How are things going there?
3: Things are good, but, you know, nothing really related to racing other than um, we are getting ready to go to Amelia Island and Ray's getting ready to be inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame. So we have that coming up. But uh, finally moved into our new house, which was chaos, which anyone who is moving or building a new house knows. And yes, yeah, still working with ponies and I am an official pony mom. How
2: about you? How's Baby
3: Steele doing?
2: <laughs> he is fabulous. Now, Erin, I've got to ask cuz you know now that I have a kid going up, I don't want to be that that mom. So, being a pony mom, like are you the girl that's like you, are you a T-ball dad, I guess essentially is that a pony mom?
3: <sighs> okay, so pony moms are a little bit more like dance moms and I'm I'm not really that. However, it's hard not to get dragged into it because you got to defend yourself and you got to defend your kid. However, Kate's playing basketball right now and I am the mom I never thought I would be. There was a girl defending her this past Saturday, and like Kate didn't even have the ball, and the girl's like whacking her in the face, and I was literally yelling back, Kate, push her back, push her back. And Ray was like, You don't say that. I'm like, I, I did, I just did. So yes, I am the T ball dad. I might end up on the local news. <laughs>
2: I love it. Well, this season is about to get started. We are recording this early. Uh, I am at Volusia Speedway Park, but cars have not hit the track yet, but so we're gonna tee up. We're not gonna talk about racing just yet because nothing's really happened yet, but we are catching up with Brad Sweet. So stick with us. We'll be back with more from the reigning champion here in just a moment on Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. back. You're watching Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. Joining us now is the reigning World of Outlaws champion. Going for the drive for five, it is a Brad Sweet. Brad, obviously we're recording this early in the week, so we have yet to hit track here at Volusia Speedway. But what are your goals? What are your predictions for 2023? What do you want to see happen this year?
4: Yeah, it's uh, obviously we've, we've had a good run with our NAP Auto Parts uh, number 49 team at Casey Payne Racing. So uh, obvious goals, uh, are, are to keep, you know, the drive for five alive and, uh, you know, try to try to get a fifth consecutive championship, but, you know, there's things that we didn't accomplish last year that, that we need to, you know, feel like we need to do better as a race team. Uh, we didn't get, you know, as many wins as we wanted to, and, uh, we didn't win, uh, any of the big races. So, you know, it's been a few years since we've been able to get one of the crown jewels. So that's definitely a priority, you know, for any race team is, is to try to win the biggest races and, you know, Knoxville nationals, uh, Kings Royal, there's a million dollar race. And obviously a Q it's 250,000. And then there's some other big races, you know, that are around the country that, that we want to win as well. So, uh, there's a lot of big money on the line for sprint car racing. And, um, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to get caught up in a, you know, just chasing points, uh, so to speak. So we we really want to focus on winning races and then, you know, obviously, if uh, if you're winning, I think the points, you know, the championships will take care of themselves.
3: Brad, the last time we spoke with you at the end of 2022, you were a little undecided about if you were going to return with the World of Outlaws or where you were headed. And without getting into the nitty-gritty of the details, um, how did the decision come about to, to do the drive for five, to go for one more year?
4: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of, you know, behind-the-scenes discussions and things. Um, you know, when we announced the High Limit Sprint Car Tour, you know, our intentions with that tour was to never... You know, alter anything with the World of Outlaws. You know, and that's the reason why we did you know the twelve midweek shows is so that we could still contend for a World of Outlaw Championship. So, you know, that was that was always something that we you know we never wanted to mess with. We enjoy you know uh, the competition with inside the World of Outlaw group. I mean, there's a lot of great teams, a lot of great drivers, and you know we certainly don't don't want to mess with that and and didn't want to mess that up and and do anything. So there was you know. Um, Once, you know, I think there was a little bit of give and take from the world of Outlaws, obviously, uh, it's not as much as, you know, we'd hope, but uh, you still have to look at everything as a business. And, you know, right now uh, with NAP Auto Parts and, you know, what our team's capable of, it it made the most sense to, you know, to commit to trying to to win another championship. Um, You know, and and you never know what's going to happen through a year. Um, There's a lot of, a lot of things that can happen. So uh, we're just going to go out and race as much as we possibly can where the rules allow us. But uh, you know, I definitely certainly want to run, you know, as many high limit, high limit races as I can. I think there's a lot of good money on the line on those, those middle of the weeks. And, you know, when I'm not running the high limit races, I'll still be there, you know, helping the series uh, grow and and hopefully we can have a good season, um, you know, first season with the high, the high limit series as well.
2: Brad, you're always calm, cool, and collected. Do you put pressure on yourself, especially with this drive for five, obviously trying to stay on top and be a fifth-time consecutive champion? Do you put pressure on yourself and then throwing these high-limit races in? Is that kind of more fun for you because it's not – I mean, it's still your job, but it's obviously not the ultimate goal. Yeah, I
4: mean, certainly I think that was what was kind of fun about doing the high-limit stuff in the middle of the week is – is it kind of a mini series that's that's supposed to be uh, something that you can maybe try something a little different with your race car, or you know you can maybe take a little bit more risk with, and you know there's a lot of money on the line, and it's kind of all or nothing, you know, so to speak. So yeah, I mean um, it's definitely a different feel when you whenever you go to any anything that's not a world without a race. I feel like when you start, you know, really the points start to become such a factor, um, you know, and. The, the group that we're racing with there's not a lot of room for mistakes or dnfs or anything like that so every night is super meaningful even though we race 85 nights it's uh, it seems like every night matters a lot so it's, it's certainly uh, a little bit different feel but as far as pressure now for me um i don't really feel like i have anything you know necessarily to prove um you know of course we want to win uh, we're accustomed to, to winning and win when you're on top of the mountain, like I've always said, you never really want to get off. So, um, you know, but pressure, I don't I just don't feel uh, the same pressure, you know, uh, that I had the last few years. I feel um, really satisfied with what, what we've been able to do. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I just really want to get out there and, and focus on, you know, winning races and, you know, especially the feeling of winning those crown jewel races. I, I certainly miss that feeling.
3: Brad, speaking of that, about going into 2023, looking to, to win more races, win some of the bigger races, how do you approach things differently than last year? I mean, obviously, you're super consistent and you want to get another championship. Is there anything you are thinking or planning to do different to try to get those wins?
4: Yeah, I think just being more aggressive with our race car, um, you know, being willing the willingness to maybe step outside the box and, you know, knowing that you could have a few few more off nights, you know, but chasing something that maybe could pay off in the long run as far as, you know, picking up wins. Uh, I think when you're point racing, you're very conservative in your decision-making and, and you don't necessarily take the risks that that some of the other teams are willing to take. And, and I think that's why you see guys, you know, fall behind a little bit, you know, and maybe the wind column, there's, there's other guys out there that just have less to lose and uh, they're trying more at the race car and they they can hit on something. And uh, when a guy hits on something, you know, which we have in the past, it, it certainly, you know, will pay dividends, but you do have to sacrifice, you know, nights and learning to maybe accomplish that. So that's, what's probably different about, you know, racing for points is you really, your decision is, is, you know, the less risky, but you know, your, your reward is uh, a, a championship and maybe not as much as many wins.
2: Obviously Brad, that new 2023 scheme on that Napa auto parts bar is, pretty mint, I love all the yellow. Do you get to have any say in that? Do you get to help, you know, kind of decide with NAPA what the car looks like each and every year?
4: Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, we have, and we have great designers at uh, Screenprint Print in, in-house. So what we kind of do every year is just let them each do two or three designs and then we kind of pass it around amongst the group. And, uh, you know, it seems like one always starts to stand out. And this year, uh, the car that we chose was pretty we all kind of agreed that that was the best looking car and you want just enough change you know year to year so that it's you know people notice it and you know obviously you gotta you gotta make sure that Napa and their branding uh, is well represented and and that they're happy with it as well so um you know yeah it's a a lot of factors go into it but I luckily enough I've been around long enough that I get somewhat of a say but I, I still would probably get uh outvoted uh, you know by like something that the group didn't so luckily for me that everybody kind of liked the same paint scheme this year.
2: Awesome, love it. Guys, stick around, we'll be back with more bread sweet right after the break here on Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit.
4: So how's that new Mahindra tractor, Tony? To be honest, Chase, there's nothing more satisfying than working my land with this Mahindra. Well nothing outside of being rookie of the year. Winning 62 races, three Cup Series championships, securing dozens of sponsorship deals. Getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, getting married to a wonderful woman, owning a racing team, hanging out in my trophy room, getting awesome stuff. Yeah, what? Can't hear
1: you. Mahindra, the official tractor of Tough and Stuart Haas Racing. We're back.
2: here watching Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. Still catching up with Brad's tweet here brad we've talked about world of outlaws we've talked about high limits and you kind of hit on it and i want to kind of pick your brain about it so obviously with the high Limits deal, you're not running for points is that where you're going to kind of try to throw the kitchen sink if you will at a race car try to find new setups try to find speed because testing isn't something you do in spring car racing
4: yeah i mean that's obviously easy you know point for us would be to, to try more stuff there but uh, the high limit races that we're going to be going to with our team are, you know, uh, fifty thousand. to win races and yeah. You know, so you're 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 going to definitely be you know more willing to try stuff though on those nights. And then obviously, uh, you know, we'll be going for a million dollars at Eldora. So uh, everything that we're, we'll be doing will be pretty high intensity. Um, you know, outside of the the World of Outlaws, but uh, certainly, you know, that that's a, a place in, and kind of one of the reasons why you know we would have liked to run. You know, more high limit races is, is you know, an opportunity to, you know, try some more things with our race car. But uh, like I stated, I, I really think, you know, outlaw races uh, will be more willing to, um, you know, try things this year and, and less concerned about the points.
3: Speaking of a little bit less pressure, I saw that you spent a little time down under over the the off season. Talk about that and what that opportunity gives you as a driver to race over there. That's not racing for World of Outlaw points. It's just kind of a, a fun experience. You saw that you took your family. Talk about your time down there.
4: Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Australia a lot. Um, you know, I've, I've missed it there for a few years. Obviously, with COVID and and things that happened, we. You know, I just didn't go for a few years, but uh, it was really nice to get back. And uh, the weather was great. It was, you know, obviously my daughter's five. So it was, you know, the flight wasn't so bad with her. <laughs> she actually did a really good job on the on the flight. We were concerned, but uh, yeah, we had fun. We went to the beach, we went to the Australia Zoo. Uh, you know, it was nice to get out of the winter here and into the summer there. Um, and then the racing was great. You know, the the classic at Warrnambool is, is a great event. Uh, the fans, over there just so passionate right now and and the atmosphere was really really good and you know i heard a lot of you know things about the track not racing well and, and a lot of different things but uh, i really enjoyed the racing over there i thought the racing was was really really good uh, i thought if you had a good car you were you know going to be in contention to win and uh, you know they have some different tire situations over there with you know american racers versus hoosiers versus different things and uh, i thought that i think that brings a lot of you know, a lot to the table. You got to make a lot of decisions and you got to know when to do the right thing. And, uh, you know, I kind of enjoyed it. I think there's some things that are, you know, that are, you know, maybe even a little bit better than what we got going on over here.
2: What's it like in Australia, you know, versus what you have here in the state?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's quite a bit different. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, it's still, it's still really similar cars and, uh, you know, same concept as a sprint car, it's the same engines, same, you know, same chassis manufacturers, you know, all the a lot of the same stuff is there. Um, you know, their their tire situations a little different, their wing rules are a little different, which which changes the racing quite a bit. Um, and then just their procedural type stuff, their formats. You know, sometimes you shake your head a little bit, just because not because they're wrong, but it's just because that we're used to a certain way, and they're used to a certain way. So uh, you you just have to get used to it and embrace it. Um, you know, I, I've been going long enough that I know that you're always going to shake your head once or twice at, at some of the format type stuff that happens. Um, you know, there's there's just situational stuff that that we're not used to that that doesn't necessarily happen here. Um, but at the end of the day, getting in the car and racing is, is very similar. Um, but uh, like I said, I enjoyed it. I thought the competition, I think, is uh, is underrated. I think there's guys over there that you've never heard of. Uh, you'll be battling with. You know, and you just you didn't even realize, you know, uh, who they were. But there's a lot of talent there and, and they're certainly good at their little racetrack that are that are very unique and and their package is a little different. So it, it's it makes the competition uh, super, super tough.
3: Brad, switching gears a little bit, I wanted to ask you about seeing your car, your championship car from last year in the Brumos collection. Now, I do a little bit of the uh, the whole sports car world with Ray, and um we saw the Brumos collection years ago. It's unbelievable and when I saw I followed them on Instagram, I saw they posted that they've got your car i I love that I thought it was really neat. it was kind of world's colliding. How'd that come about and, and were you there for that unveiling?
4: yeah, uh it's a great question um I honestly hadn't heard of the brumos collection um you know, Casey mentioned that there there was a gentleman uh, down here in Florida that has a really cool car collection that wanted to. <laughs> you know, potentially have a a Napa championship car, you know, if he could and and add it to his collection. Um, And he actually, this conversation probably started last year, but uh, it didn't work out because the car that we, that we won the championship with or ended the year with only had a few nights and we were going to start the next season. Uh, However, this year we ended with a a car that had 30 something nights on it. And so uh, Casey gave Dan, Mr. Davis a, a call that owns the Brumos collection and, uh you know they were able to to do a deal and uh so now the car that came off the track at Charlotte basically as it came off the track is now part of the Brumos collection and uh, obviously now that I've seen it uh got to walk through it and meet Mr. Davis and the and the whole crew that that runs that uh beautiful car collection um you know it's it's just an honor really I mean to to see my car in there with cars that A.J. Foyt drove and you know, so many, there's so many different uh, cars and old cars and new cars and sports cars and indie cars and sprint cars and just so many, so much history there. Uh, and it's just beautiful, it's state of the art. So uh, to, to think that my car, my championship car is in that same collection and is in a good spot for a long, long time. Uh, I think it's pretty special.
2: Just a guy who has a really cool car collection. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Brad, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We appreciate your time and uh, good luck. I'm sure we'll be talking to you later this season.
4: Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. And obviously I hope I talk to you many times this season.
2: (laughs) No (laughs) doubt. Awesome. Thank you so much, fans. Stick around. We'll have more after the break here on Wing Nation presented by Sage Fruit. Watching Wing Nation presented by Stage Fruit. Aaron, I always love catching up with Brad. I, I know there's a deeper inner part to Brad that's got like a little sass and a little drama, but he's always so buttoned up, so together. And I mean, it proves why he's running for his fifth championship now. It certainly does. And I, I love to
3: hear him talk about wanting to win some of the crown jewels again, because Brad has become the guy that's super consistent. I don't know how many top fives he had last year, top tens, but he just knows what he needs to do to win a championship. But I can understand where he's coming from, where, yeah, you still, he's won Knoxville before. I'm sure he'd like to do that again. The crown, uh, the Kings Royal, some of the bigger races. So it's neat to hear him talk about that. And it is fascinating that he is also one of the promoters of high limit series. I think juggling that and running the world of outlaws and whatever's going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes has got to be very interesting.
2: It's true. And he's talked to us many times about, you know, setting himself up for when he does mm-hmm. retire from racing. He's got silver dollar speedway that he's heavily involved with, obviously high limits. They've got the KKR screen printing, he's doing t-shirts. So he's really got a lot on his plate and then still trying to focus on running for a fifth championship is pretty impressive. And I'm so upset I didn't get to ask him about the new tire, what his thoughts are and where things are going to be. It's going to be an interesting... uh, Year, week, we've talked about tires for quite some time now. Aaron, what is your thoughts on this new tire that users bring into the table?
3: I always think it's an interesting topic of conversation every year. You know, what the new product that they bring out because it, it changes the, the setups that you've had in your notebook for years. If a tire has a slightly different compound or even if the sidewall is different, the construction of the tire. So I think it will be fascinating. Sometimes it levels the playing field. It makes everyone go back to the basics and, and start to learn a whole new way to to set up the car for each track. So I, I think no matter what, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out.
2: And we've talked about it, obviously, all this money that is on the line this year. It is really cool what's going on. Um. You know, you've got guys announcing their biggest schedules ever. Guys like Danny Dietrich, Zeb Wise. I mean, Justin Peck had a hundred races, I think it was last year. I mean, these guys are doing a whole lot of racing for a whole lot of money, but that's a whole lot of travel. And Aaron, you've done it. I mean, can you imagine running a hundred races in a year?
3: No, my biggest year, I ran uh, eighty-six races. We were supposed to run a hundred and two, but ended up running eighty-six, and I did that once. <laughs> One time, one and done. Um, no, I would have liked to continue doing it uh, more years, but it, I feel like it, it, it is tough. I mean, you're sacrificing family time. You're sacrificing, um, you know, a, a lot of things to to put your heart and soul into racing. So um, as a racer, when you're in the thick of it, it's wonderful, uh, but it's still a lot of days on the road, a lot of days in hotels, a lot of days on airplanes. So it, it's tough. And it'll be interesting to see some of these guys that are running these big of schedules that haven't just followed the world of outlaws before. Haven't done it before. How it affects them by the end of the year.
2: All right. So the big talk of the year, the Eldora Million, finally for sprint cars. Obviously, there's been two for late models now. Aaron, I mean, would you wreck <laughs> Ray to win a million dollars? I
3: know. I know. A few people have mentioned. Would you get back behind the the seat? And I'm like, or behind the wheel. I'm like, you know what? Gosh, if I if it hadn't been so long, how how cool would that be to race for a million dollars? Like, what a great state uh, the sport of sprint car racing is in right now, but I got to ask you a little personal question. You know, I see all this crazy money in the sprint car world. When's it coming to the modified world for you guys?
2: Girl, <laughs> <laughs> you let me know when, you know, because we're still struggling here. I'm, I'm sitting up here watching all these modified come through tech. Um, you know, we're just, a we're a support division. We know that. Um, but when we're only racing for pennies, it, it kind of stinks. I know. I mean, I know we don't pack the stands. That's what the sprint cars do. So fair enough, but man, we should at least be racing for a few more pennies than we are. But I guess I can't complain because I'm at a dirt track in sunny Florida right now, getting to do what I love as my job. So I'm not complaining too much, but it would be nice knowing that this is probably the largest class across the country is the open wheeled modified division. Um, but of course they're not as fast. They're not as full. They're not my first love like sprint car racing.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. What are your thoughts on the state of, <laughs> uh, of sprint cars right now with this, the new, the mm-hmm. high limit series coming in the world of Outlaws schedule. I mean, it, it seems to me from a distance, again, I'm not right in the thick of it, but it seems like some things are all falling into place to make it work all well to- together.
2: I do. I think it's great. Uh, we talked to Brent Marks last week and he talked about how he's excited to hit the high limits races and then go to the world of outlaw races mm-hmm. that he probably wouldn't have done in the past. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential there. I think it's mm-hmm. great. I just hope there is sustainability when it comes to this money that's being thrown around. But we'll have to catch up more again, Erin, uh, because <laughs> our time is up. Thanks to Brad Sweet, Aaron. Thank you for joining me. I'm Ashley Stremme and Got another episode of wing nation presented by sage fruit
1: buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour and bumper to bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes